We left off somewhere around this point. If you remember, we were talking about the, uh, John the Baptist, who will eventually be rebuked and his head will be cut off. Um, but Jesus begins his, baptiz- his, his ministry by going to the baptizer, the one who is proclaiming him in the desert, the one who has the spirit of Elijah, it says, he goes to him, uh, goes from Galilee to a place called Bethany, and uh, he goes and becomes baptized. We talked about this a little bit last week. This is one of the uh, clearest moments in the uh, scriptures where, um, G- where the, the Trinity is there, at least from our our perspective, not... Uh, not necessarily from a Jewish perspective, but from our perspective, um, the 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 baptism moment and this moment is actually so important that all four of the gospels have at least some sort of rendition of this baptism moment. That's uh, you know because like I said, all the they all focus on different things, so they don't all have the same material. This one, the baptism moment, is what all four of the gospels have this. Um, this moment in it, and, um, and and um, Jesus will will go and be baptized, and while he's being baptized, God comes down and says, "This you are, this is my son, whom I'm well pleased." And the Holy Spirit depends on him as a dove. After this, he's going to be led into the wilderness, which we should automatically think of. The Old Testament, right? This is one of those very clear hyperlinks that, you know, even, you know, we should, none of us should miss, right? Jesus is going into the wilderness just like the Israelites did as they went into uh, the desert. And they were going into the wilderness 40 days as they were in the wilderness for 40 years. Very symbolic here, this complete time. Um, so they go four days, and he goes for fasting. Um, this um, temptation, this this forty days in the desert, is actually in all three of the Synoptic Gospels. Um, the most, I guess, complete version. Uh, Luke has, uh, I mean, sorry, is in Luke. Mark has what two chapters on it, uh, two verses on it. Um, Matthew has eleven verses. Uh, Luke has 13 verses. So I'm going to read from Luke for this one. I think this is important enough of a passage. Let's go ahead and pause and read a little bit. And um, Luke 4, 1 through 13. Um, then Jesus left the Jordan, so where he was baptized, full of the Holy Spirit, and was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. Notice this. He was led into the desert for the purpose of being tempted. That's why he went out there. How many of us are like, we say, lead us not into temptation. We do everything we can to avoid it. He goes out there for the purpose of. He says, wilderness for to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days. And when they were over, he was hungry. Well, no, duh. 
Now, that's a long time to do without food. Um, some people have done studies on this, and they say that 40 days is how long it takes your mind and body to do a complete spiritual reset. Um, and uh, you know, I, I've seen people do this. I have personally not done longer than a week, but um, you know, after three days, the hunger pains go away. Um, you just start getting tired faster. Um, but he's tempted by the desert during this time. And during this time, um, he says, uh, you know, the devil comes. To, and at the end of his, his time, the devil comes to him where he's at his hungriest point. If you are the son of God, let this stone become bread. But Jesus answered him, it is written. Where is it written? It's actually in the book of Deuteronomy. He quotes nothing but the book of Deuteronomy in here. This is his favorite book to quote from, is the book of Deuteronomy. Man must not live on bread alone. So he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. In a moment of time, the devil said to him, I will give you their splendor and all the authority because it has been given to me, and I can give to anyone I want. If you then will worship me, all this will be yours. And Jesus said, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So he took him, looked, took him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you, and they will support you. You with their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered, It is said, Do not test the Lord your God. After the devil had finished every temptation, and I don't know, personally, this kind of like seems like a summation of the, like, these are the categories. But as it reads, there are other, you know, he says, after he finishes every temptation, it, I mean, to me, it seems like there might have been more even at this period. But this is a summation uh, a categorization, and we'll see why that's important here in just a minute. Um, you know, of the all the different temptations he faced, you know, and he departed him. I like this. Departed him for a time. It's not like he left, and you know, Jesus never had temptations ever again because the devil's. A lot of times we like to think that, don't we? We got this idea that Jesus is perfect and was never tempted. But if he was not tempted, then this would not be a true account. He was in the desert to be tempted. When he says to Peter, get behind me, ha Satan, adversary, you are tempting me. When he's in the garden crying, I am tempted. You know, Jesus was tempted. And we have to realize that he was tempted. And I you know, if we, we raise Jesus up to the point where he can't be tempted, I, I think we do a disservice and we make Jesus less than what he is. We try to raise him up to that point. We make him less because he is fully God and fully human. And being in that he can be tempted, we can relate all the more to him because he was tempted. And so as we're going through the struggles of life, and we all go through the struggles of life, we relate to Jesus. He was tempted. 
And that makes it even easier for, I guess, that gives us strength in our temptation. It's possible because Jesus went before me and freed us from the punishment of our sin, freed us from the, the bonds to our slavery of sin, uh, as, as Paul will talk about. Man, I don't want to preach to him. Um, <laughs> that's not why we're here. Um, but as we look at this, these are three categories of uh, temptation. Uh, I put the, the passage on there already. I didn't follow the slides. There we go. Um, yeah, we see, and I've showed you this passage before when we talked about Genesis, so it should be at least familiar to you. Um, these are categories where Jesus passed the same test where Adam and Eve failed. Adam fell, the first humankind, the first human failed. Um, Jesus passed. He's the new Adam. Um, and I take the passage from 1 John 2.16. Uh, because everything that is in this world, the desires uh, um, of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the arrogance of, of material possessions is not from the Father, but from this world. The, the, the things of, of the... Um, the pride of life, the lust of the eyes, and the lust of the flesh. These are the things that are um, the three categories of sin, right? As we talk about, you know, categories are throughout the scriptures. These are all the sins that you could ever commit come down to these three. And where um, Jesus passed where Adam fell, you know, um, lust of the flesh, you know. Adam saw the tree was good for food. Well, Jesus was commanded to make this uh, this stone into bread. The lust of the eyes, the, it was pleasant to the eyes. The devil showed him the kingdom and promised, "All this will be yours, for it has been given to me." The pride of life. Uh, he saw that they saw that a tree was desirable to make one wise, make one like God. And here he has said, "Throw yourself down, show off your power, show us that you are God, because uh, God's not going to let you get harmed before it's time." And And Jesus, uh, Adam fails, but Jesus passes all three times, quoting from the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, that was uh, definitely uh, a majority of it. Jesus understands what we've gone through, but it also is Jesus' redemption, where we where we failed. He has redeemed us in his success. So it's, 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 it's yes, we can always, and, and, you know, yes, our temptation may look different. You know, the temptation of Jesus looked different than it did for Adam. You know, that phone, you know, Jesus doesn't have an iPhone. <laughs> it may look different to us today, but it's the same old sin. Yes, right. Sin is sin, and it so and Jesus passed that sin. 
and just look different. And, and so we can overcome this too because we've got the Holy Spirit living within us. We have the freedom from the bonds of slavery. Um, and Jesus broke the chains of, of, of our slavery to sin. David. Yes, it is. Jesus is the last Adam. Well, one of his many, many titles. <laughs> um, but, it, you know, so this passage is one of those, one of those really uh, important passages that we see in the scriptures. Um, after this, and we're going to see this happen in several of the, the, the Gospels. And if you look at your chronological of the four Gospels that I gave you, you're going to see, um, you know, the call of Nathaniel, the call of the disciples. A lot of that happens in the book of John. We have some of it in the other ones, but a lot of this we get from the book of John, um, where Jesus calls, he'll travel around the area of, from the wilderness up to the Galilean area, uh, around the river uh, where, you know, he's from, um, and he will uh, call his disciples from the area that they, um, out of the area that they work. Um, let's talk about the 12. This is a good time to talk about the 12, isn't it? Um, some of these 12 we know quite a bit about, and some of them we know next to nothing about. Anyone have a favorite disciple? Which one speaks to you the most? Peter, you like Peter best? Thomas is my favorite. Um, I like Thomas because we call him Doubting Thomas, but he's also the, the guy who gives me the most hope. <laughs> um, you know. I always thought Peter and Thomas had a bad name. It's like, we call him Doubting Thomas like he didn't have any redemption other than the fact they doubted. You know, we don't call Peter the denier. Uh, <laughs> um, but... Um, Anyone else have a favorite disciple? John? John's a good one. The beloved disciple. Uh, well, Peter. Peter is from Bethsaida, uh, but lived in uh, uh, Capernaum. Uh, when I think of Peter, I think of a man who's always quick to act and judge, and sometimes quicker to act than he can think. Uh, he seems to be rushing in. I mean, think about like some of the stories we know about Peter. Like he volunteers to walk on water. He jumps right out there. Let's go. And then when he starts to process, hey, I'm out here on the water. <laughs> he starts to think, and that gets him in trouble. Hey, Jesus, I'm not going to deny you. Until it comes time to deny that, that comes time. Um, you know, he, everyone else stops at the graveyard and looks in. Boom, Peter goes right inside that grave, uh, that, that, uh, that grave uh, site. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and he grows so that he's going to be um, and he's always the leader of the 12. That's the reason why he's listed first in every listing. He's, he's the leader of the 12. 
Um, he's a fisherman. Um, they, Jesus will tell him, you will be the foundation of the church. Uh, that's why most Catholics refer to him as the first pope. Um, it is actually believed that he does start the church in Rome. So, you know, Paul's writing to the church in Rome. It's believed that Peter's the one who actually started that church. Whether that's true or not, I, you know, I, there's no evidence one way or the other. But that's what tradition holds. Um, he is a man that we can relate to because we often say things and then fail. We can relate to because we grow through that failure. I mean, how much more did he grow after he fails to deny, he, he, he denies Jesus, and then after Jesus' raised, he comes to him and says, you know, and they're sitting by the fire, and, you know, do you love me? And three times he asks him, for three times he, you know, and, uh, you know, and he grows, and he becomes the, the foundation of the church, and, um, becomes a man that tradition he's going to be uh, pers- uh, killed uh, in Rome. And uh, tradition holds he was hung upside down on the cross because he refused to die like Jesus. Um, anyways, Peter, uh, John, John, uh, John is from, uh, uh, I always mispronounce this name. Carpanium, uh, Capernaum. Um, you know, if I see it in the Greek, I, I pronounce it better. Um, just something about it, you know, I just, the English always throws me off. Because it doesn't follow the words of the, the rules of English when you look at it. Like we, we follow, we call it, how do you say it for me again? Capernaum. That's not how it, how it reads. It does not follow the rules of English. <laughs> so when I read the English, I want it to follow the rules of English. <laughs> um, well, that's because we're borrowing it. And we should actually, you know, when I read it in, in Greek, I follow the Greek rules or the, the Aramaic rules. And so it's easier for me to read it properly because I'm following the rules of the language. Um, anyways, he's known as the beloved disciple, um, who rests his, on uh, Jesus' chest at the last meal, uh, said to be spiritually sensitive, uh, son of Zebedee, um, who's a wealthy, wealthy fisherman, uh, known as the son of thunder, one of the sons of thunder, um, A fishing partner partner with Peter. Um, this is the guy that's going to be really close. Peter and John are the ones that that Jesus like. All right, the rest of y'all stay over here. Peter and John, you guys are going to come a little further with me. Uh, John's the one that he says, you know, Mary, this is your son, which means I know you got other kids, but I'm turning my responsibility as oldest son over to to John. Yeah, at least at least two girls, four boys. 
Well, yeah, we see that those, um, well, one, all four of the boys, none of them believe at the time of Jesus. He's, she's following around Jesus as the Messiah. None of the rest of them are. We don't know how, what they're saying about her. Um, she's been under Jesus' care all this time. Joseph is dead at this time, probably. Um, and uh, later on, they will accept Jesus traditionally. Um, but, yeah, where are they? Why aren't they taking care of her? But he becomes a believer, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we, yeah, we'll get to that when we talk about Jude. Uh, he's probably the brother of Jesus, the one who writes the book of Jude. Um, probably. <laughs> um, well, but maybe that's why they didn't believe to him later. I mean, yeah, but he's still your brother. <laughs> jealous, unbelieving, hey, you know, and maybe they were looking, oh, some of them might have been looking for that physical, I'm going to go and kill everyone, and they knew Jesus wasn't going to do that. Um, I don't know, you know, there's a lot of things that could have been involved there. Um, you know, might have had one brother, and we don't know this, might have had one brother that said, you know, uh, you, there's no way you're you're the Messiah because, you know, you're you're nothing but a brother. <laughs> Um, you know, that's, it would have been very easy to do. I can't see you as anything other than my brother. Yes. Yes. Uh, James is the next one. Also the son of thunder. Yeah. They're very close. Um, John's brother, James, um, He's a, a bit of a, a little more of a fiery person, right? There's one point he wants to call uh, fire down from heavens on the Samaritans and just, uh, you know, let's purify this land and get rid of these Samaritans. Um, um, Acts tells us that he's actually going to be beheaded, uh, probably the first of the disciples to be to be killed, to be James. Um. We'll talk more about this when we talk about the book of James. I'll mention it again, but they called him Old Camel Knees uh, because he spent so much time on prayer that his, his knees became um, out-of-shaped camel knees. Um, so, uh, where are we at? Andrew, um, brother of Peter. Originally a follower of John the Baptist. This is one of those that followed John the Baptist first. And then when John said, this is, you know, this is one who's greater than me, Andrew gets to follow. Um, We're actually told that Andrew and one other disciple, but we're not given the name of the other disciple. Uh, people have tried to justify this. Um, a lot of people lean towards John, the beloved disciple, but we're not giving a name. We don't know. So, 
Andrew, we know, was probably it was a follower of, of John the Baptist, and one of the other ones. <laughs> um, Andrew seems to be the first disciple to believe in, even though Peter, he, uh, Andrew is the first one called, and then he brings Peter as uh, to, to the disciple. Uh, he's what? Yeah, that makes sense because he was following John first. John says, "This is the one greater for me." So he follows Jesus, and then he calls his brother, "Come with me." This is the guy who John was talking about. Um, and then John and Peter said, "Well, I'm working with uh, James and and uh, James and John. Come on, guys. You know, um, you know." So they just kind of follow Jesus, and Jesus calls them, and um. Andrew is big on wanting others to know the truth of Jesus Christ. Uh, he's, uh, and actually in several places in the scripture, he brings people to Jesus, like the, the little boy with the fish. Andrew's the one who brings him to Jesus. You know, he's, that's one of the things, the key things we know about Andrew is he, he brings people to Jesus. Um, the inquisitive Greek, which is another one that he brings them to Jesus. That's that's we know that's the one of the characteristics. If there's any characteristic of Andrew, you should remember he brings people to Jesus. Uh, Philip, um, in the Synoptic Gospels, um, he's only mentioned in the list of apostles. Um, so in the Matthew, Mark, and Luke. The only time we see Philip is in the list of the apostles. We don't know nothing about him in those. Now you read the book of John, we have a larger role for him. Um, this one might have been the other disciple. Some people say this one might have been the other disciple of John. Um, and like I said, we're not explicitly told. Um he is depicted as having a clear understanding of the Old Testament, though. He seems to be a person who has studied before. Uh, Thomas, also known as the twin. I think every twin in their life is known as the twin. Um, I know this. As a twin, we're all called twin. Um, He seems to be a little slow to believe, but once he does, he is deeply devoted. Deeply devoted. Um, you know, when Jesus decides to go to Bethany to heal uh, Lazarus, uh, knowing the Jews want to kill him, he just kind of, let's lie down and die with him. That's, that's Thomas. <laughs> um, so maybe pessimistic might be a key uh, where we can look at Thomas too. I mean, you could. Um, though in John um, 28, 20, uh, 2028, sorry, 2028, Thomas uh, says, says like, I mean, this is one of the clearest, most devoted confessions um, of Jesus as deity in the New Testament. Thomas answered him and said, my Lord and my God. That's Thomas' statement. My Lord and my God. 
That's, I mean, Thomas is, I mean, so maybe that's, maybe that's what we should, instead of doubting Thomas, we should call him devoted Thomas. My Lord and my God. Um. Yeah, he, he says prove it, which is why we call him doubted, but he's, once he, he understands, he is one of the most devo- devoted. He just, you're my God, I'm going to believe it till I die. No, he's not. But it's still the in the in the New Testament. It's still the most clear statement from any of the disciples. You are God. This statement right there is, "You are my God." This is the most clear statement out of all the disciples. So, so as Jesus was saying, you know, you guys, you've seen me, but he's is he's praying just Thomas. I think he's talking to the entire disciples there. You guys have seen me. Blessed are those who have not seen. Um, which, if we're remembering, um, what a word of hope is that is for the right, the readers of that letter of that gospel, and us included. We haven't, <laughs> so we fall into the category of that. Um, where are we at? Bartholomew. Uh, from Cana. Uh, appears in the list. Um, he's identified with Nathaniel as brought to Jesus by Philip. Um, but other than that, we have no mention of him in the in the rest of the Gospels. He's just there. It doesn't mean he's not important, right? Just means he's not doesn't do anything that we're like, hey, we need to mention this. Um, Matthew, um, tax collector um, from the tax office by Galilee, uh, also known as Levi. No, not the genes. Um, what? Old school. Um, yeah, he's um, Levi, very well men. His family might have come from the Levites. Um, maybe. <laughs> um, writer of the book of Matthew. Traditionally, um, we don't actually have a lot about him. James, son of, we got another James. James, son of Alphaeus. Uh, um, other than the list, he's not mentioned. But if we study the list, and this is kind of a cool thing to do. He seems to be the leader of the third group of the four, uh, 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 third group of four disciples. He seems to be like the head, like as you, you list them, and the twelve disciples they're listed in fours. 
and James seems to be listed as one of the leaders. But we don't get anything about him. Which to me, I don't know, gives me kind of hope that we don't have to be out there in public and we just be honest to God and, and, and do what he's called us to be. We don't have to be have a name, you know, in our YouTube famous, you know, social media world. You know, I know as a pastor, you know, it almost seems like you're not really a pastor unless you're on YouTube and you've got a thousand followers, you know. Um, right? Um, but, you know, you don't have to be that guy. You can just be a leader and just do what God tells you to do in the and be known in the list. As long as your name's... Like we had that sermon the other day about um, the unknown. You know, remember that one? We talked about the unknown. These people that just went out and we don't have their names. You know, we just do what God tells us to do. And as long as our name's in, in the list, <laughs> that book, that, you know, that's what matters. Um... Where are we at? Simon. Simon the Zealot. Uh, a zealot. We talked about that already, didn't we, what a zealot was? What was a zealot? Aggressive. Remember, these were a group of um, um, they were a Jewish sect that, that decided that they were the ones who we would have been militant guerrillas, you know, maybe even terrorists. They were like, let's overthrow the Roman government, and we're going to do it. They were the zealots. Uh, we even use that word today. He's a zealot to mean like he's kind of fanatical. He's religiously devout to the point where he's going to throw, you know, activists. Yeah, you know, lay down a bomb, you know. Um, he's so, so Simon, before he joins Jesus, is probably a fanatical opponent against the Roman rule in Palestine. And he might have been working actively to harm the Romans. Which is a big difference for when he comes down, Jesus says, put your sword down, Peter. Because <coughs> we're not going to go for that kind of messiahship. We're not doing that, that one. It's a big difference. Um, other, than, um, other than that, he's not really mentioned um, Judas, son of James, um, a.k.a. Thaddeus. I imagine some of these people really wanted to change their names after, you know, Judas betrayed. Like, I'm not a Judas. <laughs> you know, some names, it, you know, we think about how it, an action of one person can affect, like, his name is Mud. It actually came from a guy who was in the Civil War, um, you know, acting against... Um, uh, uh, possibly acting against uh, Lincoln. Um, you know, we have these these acts. You know, we uh, one. You know, like you know, going to the John. You know, I remember I had a friend named John, and he hated it because everyone was, at that time was referring to the John as the bathroom, and he's and he heard he had a lot of flack about that. And you know, it's like these 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 things we don't think about how. Um, 
how actions of one person affects like the world. Uh, so you know when they say Judas son of son of James, they're like he's also known as Thaddeus, right? <laughs> um, let's not get him confused. Um, Yes, names often had meanings, and so they would change according to what the purpose of it was. And you can look at and that's actually an interesting study. You go and mention, like, and this throughout the whole scriptures, what's happening when they're being mentioned by this, you know, like, uh, one of my favorites is Jacob and Israel. Every time he's screwing up, it's Jacob. Every time he's doing well, it's Israel. <laughs> um, and, you know, and that's throughout the scriptures, they have that whole uh, thing, you know. Um, name changes, meaning ownership, and there's a lot of stuff like that that goes on. Uh, this Thaddeus, he's only mentioned in the uh, questions at the Last Supper. That's when you get to meet Thaddeus, is at the last of it. Um, where he asks, um, what does he ask? Um, how will you manifest yourself to, uh, to us and not the world? Um, and so he's, you know, that's that's kind of where we get to see uh, this this uh, this uh, Judas, also known as Thaddeus, uh, take place. Um, and the last one, uh, probably the most famous of all the disciples, right? Uh, Judas. Um, I mean, we even still refer to someone who betrays someone. You you know, either Benedict Arnold or a Judas, right? If it's a personal betrayal, it's a Judas. If it's more of a general betrayal or traitor, you can say Benedict Arnold, um, coming from the Revolutionary War. Um, you know, um, yeah, the betrayer. Um, he's a thief. Stole from the disciples. You know, kept money from the. He's the treasurer as well. Um, I, it's awful every time you see like embezzlement in churches and 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 and, um, and pastors running off with money and, and treasurers running off with money and sec- pastors running off with the secretary and the money. You know, um, we see these kind of things happen a lot. But at the same time, I look at these things and I say, well, he's just acting out the the Bible. <laughs> he's a Judas. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, um, you know, they, they fall on the same path Judas did. Um, these are people that, you know, and I always think about Judas, you know, like how did he get to the point? You know, Jesus calls him and he's a disciple. And he even goes out and witnessing and has power, you know, and, and healing. And then at what point does he start stealing, you know? Maybe. I mean, we don't know, uh, but, you know, these things never start out, um, you know, we never start out with our sins like, you know, I'm going to wake up, I think I'm going to go kill someone today. I mean, unless we're like a, you know, a psychopath or something like that. Um, it usually starts out slow, you know, like I, I was thinking of, of, a, of a, a young man I knew uh, working at the university. We were working in the mailroom. Um, and, you know, on his third day of not having money for lunch, he decided one day he was going to dip his hand into the mailbox and take out 
a card that he had seen in there that he knew had money in it, and he took it for food. And which is sad because if he would have asked, any one of us would have given him money. But he, you know, just didn't feel like he could, or or was too prideful, or whatever, to do that. And it was food, and, and you know, and you could almost understand, like, hey, you're hungry, you know. Um, you know, it's it's not okay, but it's we can understand. Hey, you're hungry. And then by the time he was caught, he was just taking hundreds of dollars from people's uh, cards because he didn't get caught the first time. And then, you know, the, it became a federal issue because he was stealing mail. And um, Yeah, but, it, you know, it starts out so small. And I, I always think about that with Judas. At what point did that small action become something to the point where he's willing to to say, uh, you know, hey, I'm going to give 30 pieces of silver. This is Jesus, so you can arrest him. I mean, at what? Yeah, he saw miracles. And, I mean, it's, it's well, you know, and, and we, don't, we can't answer these questions. We don't know, um, you know, at, at, uh, at, uh, but the Bible, you know, you know, Jesus, Satan has taken hold of his heart, you know. Um, but at what point does he become so uh, disheartened and disillusioned with Jesus that he's like, hey, you know what, you know, I don't know, maybe at some point he just said enough is enough. I know, you, I see you're not going to take over the world like we wanted you to or, you know, conquer the, kick out the Romans, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, it's just how did this happen? Yeah. Uh, it very well could be. I mean, the love of money, the root of all kinds of evil, the Bible says, is the love of money. And that very well could be the reason he was stealing, was the love of money. Um, people steal for a lot of reasons. Love of money. Um, pride. Um, you know, lifting her up. Yeah, it really does. Just snowballs and... You know, unless we, we, that's why we have to repent, right? Because one sin leads to another, and we always have to, we have to repent, put that to death. Because, you know, you get away with it for a little bit. Yeah, he might have, because Jesus traveled from one place to place, and they lived with, uh, with people. Um, they, he re- they relied on the, the, stra- the, the, the people that followed him, and you know, Jesus never let them go hungry, you know, it, Fishes, with, <laughs> fishes and loaves. They didn't go hungry, but um, uh, very well might be. We don't really know. Um, you know, at the end, he he does regret his actions. Um, it, it seems to me like by the time he's finally betraying Jesus, like he's in that. That sin haze. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been there. That sin haze where you've committed so, you know, like you've gotten so deep in, you don't even see it anymore. And and then when you commit something so happy, and you're like, oh my goodness, what did I just do? When it, your eyes are open and you're like, what did I just do? Yeah, uh, well, uh, what happened to him is uh, he bought some land 
and then hung himself from it, and the, the rope broke, and he was eaten by dogs. And uh, Oh, um, you know, people have wrestled with that one for a long time. What happened to Jesus, uh, Judas's soul? Um, I am thankful that I don't get, I don't have to make that decision. That is up to God. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. If, I, I don't think he went in there like, "Hey, I'm going to be the one who fulfills prophecy and betray him." I don't think anyone really wants that. Uh, one of you will betray me, and but I think, but that the, you know, not me, not me. Um, Probably was, yes. Um, of course, you know, yeah, he was the one who criticized him because he was like, yeah, it clearly says, I remember in that passage, it clearly says he wanted to sell it for the money because he was taking from the coffers. He was the treasurer. That's how we know he was t- stealing because that passage tells you he was stealing at that point. Um, of course, I doubt any of them actually knew um, at the time that he was stealing, it's later on they find out, hey, we've got all this money that we've lost. And uh, finally they put things together, you know. They might have suspected, but um, they didn't seem to know. Yeah, right, is it I? Um, uh, yeah, uh, we don't know how much he knew. Like, like does he know Judas, like, does he pick Judas for the purpose of betraying him? Or does he just know that one of them will betray them? Well, but the Bible says that he doesn't know when the end is going to be. We don't know, like, we know that there is limitations. I'm going to play a devil's advocate because we don't know how much Jesus knew in advance. Like, exactly what each person. Because he seems to be limited because he becomes fully God and fully man. He seems to be limited in, like, he knows some things, but he doesn't other things. So does he know Judas is going to be the one who betrays him at the beginning? Uh, We can't answer that question. We know by the writings they know, but they've already, you know, it's after the event. Yeah. But he looks at him and says, do what you will. So he knows it's going to happen right before it, but when he picks him as a disciple... I mean, that's at least three years in advance. I don't think we can know. I picked you. Of course, Jesus never says, I'm picking you because I'm gonna... he never tells, hey, John, write this down. I'm picking him because he's going to betray me. So we don't know what Jesus knew in that moment. Yeah, right? Um, I mean... infer but we don't know how much of that was the writer after the fact yeah Well, yeah, but that's at the very end right there. He's like, he knows by the time, he seems to have a very good idea by the time, like, he's heading into Jerusalem, you know, that last week or two weeks or three weeks, he seems to have a very good idea who's going to betray him. 
He seems to know at that point. Yeah, John's the one where you have Satan's entering him. But by the, t- yeah, so we, can, so we know at least, what, the three weeks before, two weeks before his death, Jesus knew. The question is, how long did he know before? And we just can't know that. It really isn't, otherwise we would be told. Uh, we know that he betrays him. And it may have been, you know, Jesus knew all along and he didn't want to spoil the end. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this is the one I get to, he's the one, but that was towards the end, and they didn't understand that, of course, they don't understand quite a bit, they're like us, wait, what are you trying to say? (laughs) I mean, how many times do we say that? You read the scripture, and you're like, uh, I'm missing something, (laughs) right, um, Anyways, we really went off. That's okay. Um, It doesn't seem to be. Um, We don't get any of the rest of them called twin. So we, I mean, this is an assumption. But being a twin, both are known as twin. Like you're one person which is very irritating, um, especially when you're growing up and you're trying to, you know, because, you know, not only do you have to separate yourself from your family as in it, but you've got a twin that you have to separate yourself from, from. and you're both known as the same name, twin. Um, so I'm going to make the assumption that it wasn't one of the other t- disciples because none of the rest of them are known as twin. However, that is an assumption. Uh, I don't know five minutes left Um, I guess we will not get into Jesus' first miracle today because I don't want to go through that in five minutes all right do we have anything else we want to say we got five minutes Uh, I guess I will point out as you're reading through this list, if you've still got your chronological readings of the, the four Gospels, you will see right there in the front um, the first Passover ministry on the left-hand side. It's, uh, you know, third major section down on the left-hand side. John has Jesus clearing the temple right at the beginning and then Again, and then the others has him doing it at the end, um, end of his life. So the, one of the major questions is, did John just put it at the beginning, but it really took place in the end, or did he do it twice? There's a big argument over this. Did Jesus clear out the temple twice? Um, because John does put it with the first Passover, where... He also has Jesus teach Nicodemus, and um, Jesus um, 
you know, and, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, that all story in early on in, um, um, yeah, early on in the scripture, in, in the book of John. Um, and um, I have yet to read any good evidence one way or the other. The scholars debate it a lot. It seems to be, um, you know, which gospel you like best, that's the side you come down on. If you're a John person, you say, well, it was twice because, you know, John says once. And then if you're a Luke person, you say, well, no, John just put it early because it was, it fit his story. And then, um, and then it really happened later when Luke says it, you know, and, um, <laughs> um, and I, like I said, I have not read any, I, you know, there might be a good solid evidence one way or the other out there, but I have not read it. Um, of course, you know, I have not read half the material out there. That's, there's a lot of material out there. Um, but that is a big argument. Does he, um, clear it out first, um. So, um, so, anyways, and that'll put us at the point where we're ready to start the mission of Jesus with the wine into water. All right, anything else you guys want to say before I pray? No, no, no. All right. And I know we're going through this. There's no way we can just go through this word for word uh, in the way we're doing this. So if I miss your favorite verse, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, um, this reality is we're going through this too quick to be even a, a good, solid. Uh, this is a survey. All right, um, yeah. Father God, we praise you today, Lord. We thank you for those wonderful blessings. We thank you for just giving us an opportunity to study your scriptures, Lord. We pray that we dig deeper and uh, continue to ask big questions. And even ones we can't answer, we know we pray that, we, Lord, we look for the answers and see what's in there, Lord. Uh, we just uh, we praise you for that opportunity, Lord. We thank you for the scriptures that you've given us so that we can study and, and the ability to read them. Um, in our own language, Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.